Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Flipping Records Podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Marissa. And today we are joined by our father. Tony Della Rosa. And uh, what album did you pick, Dad? I picked the album News of the World by Queen. of the world over the other queen albums um it was a hard choice there's probably a couple of them that i would consider my favorite just depends what point in the in the band's career but this one in particular for for a couple of reasons first it was the uh the first album that i ever bought like back when it came out in 1977 um that i saved up my own money and and went out and purchased and so and it was basically like the first queen album that i that i listened to that really kind of introduced me to the band though i had heard you know some of their other stuff on the radio yeah and uh and that's why and do you want to know why i bought the album yeah why (laughs) because of the robot on the cover yep because of the album artwork (laughs) yeah the album art's sick it is and yeah we should probably talk a little about that before we even talk about the music yeah let's talk about it i remember as a kid like um i thought it was cool like i always wanted to listen to we will rock you um and i remember the look like seeing the cover on the cd that you had Mm -hmm. yeah and it was it was done by an artist named uh actually it was from a it was a magazine cover off of a magazine called, I think it was Astounding Science Fiction, uh-huh. um, done back in 1953. And the artist's name was Frank Kelly Freeze. I think his last name is Freeze or Freas. It's spelled F-R-E-A-S. But he oh, did okay. the original cover, and the band asked him to, to do a different version of it for the album, uh-huh. uh, which he did. And... If you are ever able to read the article that went with for that illustration for the magazine from 1953, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool too. It's um, you know we talk about artificial intelligence and and uh, it's kind of like it's a new, we're not new but modern thought or or a worry that you know that people have. But this article, this it's a story, science fiction story written back in the 50s. Um, that's what it deals with this guy that's a computer engineer and mm. and comes and builds this technology that's that's basically AI and uh, pretty amazing story too but but anyway yeah. that's kind of the, the, the little bit of history on the artwork so the same artist did that uh, did the album cover for the band yeah that's sick I um, pretty like a, ahead of its time sure yeah, yeah. very yeah because I mean like all the AI stuff even today in like 2019 is it escalating so quickly. It's like scary. Yeah. Yeah. You should read the story. If you ever, you get yeah, a chance. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I'll send you a link. Okay. Sick. Sounds good. 
All right. So um, News of the World by Queen. We are going to hit it track by track as usual. Um, and the first track on this album is the iconic We Will Rock You. How did it feel uh, when you bought this album and hearing this song? Was it the first time you'd heard it or was it on the radio prior? No, it was on the radio, but I didn't even know that it was on this record. Actually, I, I bought it because I was at uh, a friend of mine's house, Tim Jones. Yeah. And um, we were hanging out in his garage and he asked me if I'd heard this song by this band Queen. And he said that it has a cool line about um, saying like she's dynamite with a laser beam. And I thought that was so cool. Just that line. And he said, yeah, it's the, it's the album with the robot on the cover. And I had seen in a record store, like the poster in the window of the robot. And I just thought it was so cool. So that uh-huh. the song made me even more so go. And that's when I, um, when I bought the record. And then the funny thing is, I listened to the album for that song for dynamite with a laser beam. And it wasn't even on that record. That was yeah, from I, killer I, queen. It was on the record, the album before that. I was about so, to say, uh, I don't think that's on this album. <laughs> it's not. So I listened, you know how many, but yeah. So I guess in answer to your question, yeah. So I put it on and, and heard wheel of Rocky and I was like, Oh cool. This is an awesome song. So mm-hmm. I knew the, you know, the first two songs going into it and you know, and listened and, and read the lyrics and was looking for that line about the laser beam, but it wasn't there. So. <laughs> and anyway, um, like when you were hearing it on the radio, when it first came out, like how long was it before they started doing the back to back thing with we will rock you and we are the champions? That's well, uh, that's a great question. Um, that's well, that's how they always played it. I think that was a, an American or in the United States, kind of a U.S. radio thing that happened. Though yeah. it would, though when it was released as a single, I think they were back to back. So you had "We Are the Champion," uh, "We'll Rock You" with the other song on the on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so was uh, I always thought, or maybe I'm like misheard that it was a mistake, like by the radio jockey, the disc jockey guy, mm-hmm. that he accidentally played them back to back, and then it just kind of stuck. Maybe that's just a rumor. I don't know. I haven't heard that. It could have been it, because they yeah. go so perfectly together. You can't. When you hear just one, mm-hmm. especially when you hear just "We Will Rock You" by itself, and that, and it ends, and you're expecting, you know, the the song to go right into it, to go into "We Are the Champions." When it doesn't, yeah. it just sounds odd. So the, the two have kind of become one, uh-huh. um, you know, over the years. Yeah, I I remember I heard on um, I was listening to the radio, um, I don't know, probably within the last year or so. And uh, they do like call in requests, and someone requested "We Are the Champions," and the guy was like, "All right, well, I'll have to play We Will Rock You first. And I was like, "Oh, that's funny." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so, so that song was on the radio, so it was already something familiar that I that I um, knew uh, for yeah. those first two songs. Yeah. So, uh, what do you like about this song? Like, what notes do you have on it? Actually, that it's. Um, I, I guess for me, it you know, it's the 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 album is just like a timestamp of, um, oh gosh, when I was in middle school. So I remember hearing you know "We Will Rock You" and people singing it in school, and just the um, the way that he talks about like you know, um, buddy, buddy, or a, a you know, boy, make a big noise. And the lyrics mm-hmm. kind of as 
when I was younger, just kind of identifying, like, I guess, like I felt like was that, was he singing to me? Like I was that guy and, um, yeah. And kind of going to break out into something better. And that's how I looked at it. It was just kind of that anthem, anthem type of feel to it that I liked. Yeah. Um, yeah, I put, I like that. I like the lyrics and, um, just the structure of it. Like it's so like, uh, well put together. Yeah. Um, and, and of course the guitar and the uh, guitar solo part was, um, still, still one of the, you know, even though it's, it's a short little guitar piece and I don't know if you'd even consider it a solo, but oh, yeah, it's, it's iconic. but it's just so the way it's, it's timed with the drums and the, or the, the beat of the song, I think is just so cool. Totally. And, and and unforgettable it's like you can't and i and i believe reading that originally there was another solo in a different part of the song and the night before they were going to do the final mix or something brian was listening to it and he ended up going in and and uh, changing it and recording the solo that you now hear that's on the song um which is kind of weird to imagine there was something different there you know and now totally I don't know. With all the unreleased tracks oh. that have come out, it's probably on something or one of their box sets or something like that. I would guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the stomps and the claps obviously are great. Super huge. How many takes do you think that took? <laughs> How many? Gosh, I don't know. Stomp and clap. But I also read a something about Brian May saying that he. Because you know he, he's got his degree in physics. How he used some equation in physics yeah. to be able to do the recording. Because I think they did it stomping on planks <laughs> of wood inside a church or something or uh, something like that. So he he yeah. I don't know. There was some equation or something that he did it so that to make it sound the way it did. And I'm sure you can look it up and uh, somebody else could explain it better than me. But but I know there's something that had to do with that because that's what I always wondered. It sounded like a thousand takes and you know and hundreds of people but it was probably just them yeah like the four of them uh-huh. that's crazy yeah what do you think marissa about this track um <clears throat> you know it's a it's a very iconic track obviously uh but i'm not super into it to be honest <laughs> with you um i think just because I find it to be so overplayed. Um, yeah. I guess, like in high school, like uh, basketball games and football games, they'd always do it, and I would always get it. I don't really know why, but it's it's just not my favorite. I don't know. It's good, obviously. Like it's a really good song, but not not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those songs for me that, like, no matter how many times I hear it, when it comes on, I'm like, heck yeah. Yeah, I'd skip it probably most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I love the solo. Like, the solo is so good. Um, anyway, anything else on this one? We Will Rock You? I mean, I feel like we kind of talked yeah, a lot about it. it. I mean, yeah. Um. All right, and then on to We Are the Champions, which, I mean, I guess you could kind of consider them all yes. the same. Yeah, kind of. I mean, still, you're still in the anthem thing. and, and um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and We Are the Champions is more of a, 
I guess in the traditional sense of song, um, the way it's structured yeah. and musically and stuff For sure. together. Yeah. Um, do you know which came first in terms of like uh, writing? Like, was it intentional for it to flow so well, or did they have one? I think before the they other? had. Oh. I'm, I'm thinking we will rock you first, and with we are the champions. Yeah. Um, I think that the band didn't initially wasn't crazy about the lyrics because they thought it was just it was like too too ostentatious, too much like like bragging that they were the champions even and even which as over the top as the band was you would think they would care and i think freddie explained it as no it's a (laughs) it's a song for all of us for the for our fans and for the band together and then i think they they jumped on board with that and that's exactly how it is um and i mean in and still in concerts in football games and you know every other uh, place that you've heard the song it's kind of a the the anthem that brings people together. Oh yeah, totally. Everyone knows it. Um, so just, uh, in my notes, I noted, uh, the second verse, it's like in a minor key. And then the second verse goes up to a major, right? Or am I wrong? I I know it goes up to a major chord and he starts singing like, Mm a melody in major when uh i don't know i don't know if they're changing it doesn't sound like they're changing keys i don't think so but but you could be right they could be changing like going from minor to major or, or vice versa yeah there, there's like there's like a walk up i don't even remember the lyric i gotta um, well, I, i've taken my vows Yeah. No, it's but it's oh, been no bed of okay. roses. Because he goes, but it's been no bed of roses, and then it goes up to and the and uh, the piano walks up to a major chord. Um, and then that whole verse kind of stays in that, and then it pumps into the chorus. Yeah, it is kind of an odd, um, thing in the. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's like brilliant. Um. Yeah, and then going into yeah. the chorus. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Like subtly, like pulls you straight into that second chorus. Um, then obviously the operatic harmonies are just ridiculous. Yes, they are. Though, though this album in general for Queen was was kind of when they were a little bit stripped down from that. Like when you compare this one to, to like night at the opera and day of the races where, you know, there were, it was a lot more of the, the vocal harmonies and, and a lot more of the guitar orchestration that Brian May was doing. And though they still did a lot of it in this album, yeah. it was just a little more, um, I guess like stripped down. It was more of a, just a rock album. And maybe that's another, like one of the reasons yeah. I like it so much. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, among the rest of the album, We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions kind of like stick out. Just they're not like, uh, I don't know. I mean, not that they're bad. They just don't sound I think like I know the what rest you mean. Of the album. I, I agree. And I don't know if it's because, yeah, because they don't sound like the rest of the album or 
or because I mean, they've heard him so much. But it could, it, it could, I mean, but, yeah, but then I've, true. You know, I've been listening longer than you. So if you're thinking the same thing, it's just, yeah, they kind of like almost stand on their own um, away from the yeah. album. It's almost like in the last episode, I was talking about how usually you can tell when a, a band single or what a band singles are among the rest mm-hmm. of the album, just because mm-hmm. it seems like there's more effort put into them. And um, I mean, like We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions are obviously like the biggest songs from this album. So you, it's almost like that. Um, I mean, obviously they weren't writing for singles back then as much yeah. as we are today. But um, but yeah, uh, that's all I got on this song. Anyone else? What do you think, Marissa? Uh, <clears throat> I like this one more than We Will Rock You. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, it is so an iconic. Um, but yeah, I just i I might still skip it if it came on every now and then. <laughs> I'd listen to it maybe, but I'm more likely to yeah. listen to this one than Rock You. Gotcha. It makes sense. I mean, it's more like Dad said. It's more of a song in terms of yeah. it being like it's verse not, chorus. It's not a chant. Where We Were Rocky is more of a chant. I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, just one last note on musically on We Are the Champions uh-huh. uh, is I, I love the way it ends, just where it ends on because we are the champions and it just leaves you hanging uh-huh. as if as if you should have ended with bam, bam. yeah with you know the rest of it where they say uh, where he says of the world of the world so yeah I just love the way that ends. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's kind of like a, um, I don't know, like leaves you holding your breath, and then when you realize like that it's over, you're yeah, kind of like, it does. Oh. Even in even in the outro guitar solo, it's like it ends it in this kind of I don't know odd odd note or odd way that that you think it would keep going, but it yeah. doesn't. But it ends perfectly, which is a weird thing. So yeah, it just kind of leaves you in suspense. Yeah. Like, yeah they have a way of doing that for sure especially in this album listening through it just some of the stuff musically i was just like how do you even like write that yeah yeah i agree um all right uh track numero trace um sheer heart attack oh man i love this song (laughs) (laughs) this is my favorite song on the album oh really i think well, mm. it's like tied with uh, another, but I love this song. I remember on my my Walkman that I would always play this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what do you like about this song? Um, I I could obviously the yeah, slide whistle solo. <laughs> yeah, weirdly epic in in itself. Um, I just yeah. that it's, it's so, uh, I mean, especially next to we are the champions, just the way it comes out and it just, yeah. you know, rips your face off with, with all the things that are happening. And it's, and it, that's another one. I remember the first time hearing thinking like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Cause it was just so fast and the way he was singing it. And then like the chorus where he's kind of holding the note and the guitar's switching chords 
Um, yeah, and then you have those flanged yeah. harmonies in yeah. the back. Crazy. Mm. I, that's my favorite part about the whole song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's just it's a fun song to listen to, and it, and it's and it. I liked it. It, it was not one of my favorites not that it was it just didn't stand out as much as some of the other ones but but i never skip it yeah it's a weird thing i mean i have to listen to it every if you know if i'm putting on the album and it's um just part of partly because it's got some kind of odd things yeah like the whistle and the and the chorus and uh and just the, the whole vibe of the song yeah totally um Oh dang it! What was I about to say? Oh, why wasn't this song on Sheer Heart Attack? Um, as, as far as I know, because he didn't, um, and it was written by Roger Taylor, the drummer, and he he didn't finish it. Yeah, he started it when they were doing the album. Oh. Yeah, and he never <laughs> finished funny. it, and then got to finish uh, finish it when for this record. Um, yeah, that is funny. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and he actually also plays uh guitar and bass on the song mm-hmm. oh really aren't there yeah. a couple of yeah, songs he plays, where he, he does plays that? uh yeah on, on one of the other songs too which we'll which we'll get to so um yeah so it, yeah it was just yeah. and a probably even though i wasn't 17 when it came out, just that first line, well, you're just 17 and all you want to do is disappear. Um, even just caught me as uh-huh. a, I think I was like 12 or no, I guess I may have been 13, 12 or 13 that just that kind of mm-hmm. teenage angst of like, like he knows how I feel like they know how I feel. And that's what I liked about the song. Yeah. I, um, I, when I first, when I listened, not when I first, but when I just re-listened to it this week, I, um, it's funny how like living in 2019 has like tuned me this way. But when I heard 17, I automatically assumed they were talking about a girl that was 17. I didn't like listen to the lyrics uh, prior or following ah. it. And I was like, oh, I was like, ah, oh, that would not fly now. Cause like, you know, like winger, like she's uh, only 17. Yeah. Like, it's funny. Like I never like, thought about like, that. If you, yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, if you put that out in 2019, like there's no way like, um, but then I listened to it again and I was like, Oh, they're not talking about a 17 year old. I mean, I think, yeah, um, of course when I heard it, I, I wouldn't have even, I've never even thought about that. And when I was, yeah, when you're 12 or 13, well, maybe other, other guys are thinking about it. I wasn't thinking about a 17 year old girl. So, huh? Yeah. Cause I, there's just a couple songs where I think about that. Like Christine yeah. 16, yep. like kiss, like, if they put that out in 2019, like, yeah, it'd be silly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was my (laughs) wrong note, but I left it in there because I wanted to mention it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, uh, what do you think, Rissa? Like, what are some some notes you have on this guy? It's pretty crazy. Um, uh, well, I have a question about things you said. You said something about something solo, what. <laughs> a slide whistle. Is that that was really weird? <laughs> yes. No. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were gonna say that. Oh, I love that part. <laughs> well, it's a horrible thing to listen <laughs> to in earbuds. 
Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Because I've been listening. To, I don't <laughs> listen to stuff out loud because I have a roommate, yeah. but like I've been listening in my earbuds and it's like ear piercing. I, and, and, I, so I have to and I thought about out. that. I thought, and I was, I told, yeah, I told, I knew <laughs> you probably didn't have speakers to listen to, but that was the one thing I was hoping that you would both be able to do is listen to the, because I wanted you to have the experience and the, um, that I did and that I relate to where it's, I mean, there were no earbuds and it was just always yeah. speakers and you have to hear the air and to get the, the bass and the low yeah. end. But, um, but the, that was funny. The one thing I thought when I was listening to the song the other day was, oh, that's going to sound just horrid with <laughs> earbuds. Like just <laughs> sounds like somebody sticking yeah. an ice pick in your ear. Yeah. It's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. I listened to, cause when I first listened to it this week, like when I listen to the to albums, I usually like I'll turn all my lights off and then I listen through my Audio Technica headphones. So like it sounds great. It's it's f- nice and flat and like um, even toned. But then I li- I was listening to it over at work and yeah, when the slide whistle would come in, I had to turn it down because yeah, I have the Apple Buds and they're re- they're yeah. so trebly. Um, uh, what else, Marissa? Besides the slide whistle. Um this is kind of weird but like i like the way he says sheer like the i guess the tune that it's in is cool like i like that it's drawn out mm-hmm. it's like yeah like just abrupt and short um i think uh-huh. that's cool i don't really know why um yeah it's like uh it's almost has like an attitude to it i guess you could say yeah something like um, that yeah so yeah i like that part and then then I wrote that I like the drums in it. Uh, and then I wrote abrupt end because it has a pretty abrupt ending. Yes. You know? Yeah, it just ends. I didn't even count. I wanted to count uh, what no, uh, yeah, what beat it ends on, but I forgot. You know, I, and I may be totally wrong on this, and it may be another song I'm thinking about. Because it sounded like the tape ended, like when they were recording, like when you run out of tape, you know, yeah, just like yeah. everything it, drops out. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if it was this song. And there's some song that I remember, and I, I'm thinking it was this one, but it maybe I'm wrong. But I do remember hearing that, and the first time hearing it, and just and anybody that friends that I had over that would hear it for the first time, everybody would like look at the stereo, like what happened just end it yeah like, yeah yeah that's that's exactly what i did when i was listening to it i forgot that it did that and i because yeah like when i listen to it i'll like close my eyes and like really mm-hmm. like absorb it and when that happened i opened my eyes i thought like my wi-fi <laughs> went out or something um yeah also um isn't there a beatles lyric or like a song that starts almost the same way Almost what you cut out? Isn't there a Beatles song that starts like very similarly, as far as the lyrics go? Hmm. Oh yeah, she was just oh, seventeen. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I well, because I when I first heard this song, or like when I was listening through it, it's like wait, and then mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know, I got confused at first, but yeah, another yeah, saw her standing there. Yes. Um, 
I mean, they both mentioned 17. I don't know that the lyrics surrounding it are the same. Yeah, no, but I just noticed that it was. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that song too. (laughs) (laughs) Beatles canceled. (laughs) Um, Okay. So that weird just break, I guess you could call it a bridge. Is that, that's a banjo, right? Where it speeds up where like, yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah, show. and it, it like it phases, right? It like it phases back up into the chorus, or unless it's like I couldn't tell if it was like a phasing effect or if it was just they were um, going higher with the frets, like kind of almost uh, power sliding through it. Um, uh, me either. But but I'm wondering even, if they. How do you even get that? Sound I'm thinking they may have slowed the tape down. And that uh, way, because right at the at the very end of it, it's pretty fast. Just that uh-huh. that up upstroke yeah. and downstroke. Um, so I'm thinking, yeah, because mm-hmm. the way the pitch changes, it sounds like that's what it could have. It could have been where, yeah, where they slowed the tape down. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes more sense. I I uh, I didn't even think about it that way. Um, uh, you got to remember there was yeah no, that part's. They used they used no synthesizers. That was the other thing. Like they they used no synthesizers and there was no digital anything. It was just four guys in a roll of tape. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to the synthesizer thing. I have some questions on mm-hmm. another song, but um, yeah, that's kind of all I got on this one. I, yeah, I, this is always one that like if I meet someone that's like, uh, and you know, like I've never really like listened to queen outside of the hits. I'm like, Oh, you should probably, you should check this out. <laughs> and one, I guess one last side note on that song at the time, uh, yeah. when they were, when they were recording this album, they were in the studio, uh, at the same time as the sex pistols recording their first album. Uh-huh. And that was when punk was kind of coming in and, and, um, and I don't know if there's anything to this, but, you know, some have people have said like that that it was kind of done in the spirit of like a salute to punk music and um uh-huh. and and you know kind of influenced by when being in the studio with the Sex Pistols. Even though I think they just I think they fought more than anything uh, the guy the the members. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, just side note on that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's interesting. Um, so track number four, um, "All Dead, All Dead." What do you have on this one, Dad? Um, um yeah, yeah. It was a, uh, I mean, I it, I did or in one of, in my English class in high school, we did a a class analysis on the lyrics, and that's part of why it stands out to me. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think I always thought it was just a pretty sad song, you know, and, um, and just feeling bad for, (laughs) for Brian May, like that he, that, that he lost his girlfriend or, or whatever. And, um, Uh where it's just saying like my sweeter half instead. Yeah. Did he write the song? song. So, uh, Uh, okay. No, go ahead. Uh, uh, I just read that it was about Brian May's cat. Is that true? Yeah, that was yeah, that was his um, kind of initial inspiration was about 
he wrote it about his cat his, the cat he had when he was like his childhood pet that um that died and he kind of it kind of stuck with him and he i don't know if he never got over it but it inspired him enough to, to write this song and then it kind of turned into a song of losing about losing friends um mm-hmm. so um yeah i mean i like uh that it's kind of just a piano centered but then just the way the drums and the bass come in i don't, I don't know why it kind of sounds yeah. almost so, not jazzy but it's kind of got a little bit of a swing to it i guess um mm-hmm. that to make it not you know not quite so so melancholy um and i think brian i think brian yeah, played piano sure. on it too pretty sure oh okay interesting yeah i really like the um the chords just like nice nice flow of chords just like satisfying um the vocal mix is crazy like there's some like really like upfront dry vocals but then they'll like push back uh i don't know like when i think about the fact that yeah like these albums are all recorded on tape no like mm-hmm. pro tools or anything like that just kind of boggles my brain like just what they came up yeah, with. and their and their um their method in uh kind of the the brit's way of recording from from what i understand is different from how they do it in america where um here you know you record all the tracks dry and you do all the add your effects and reverb and compression or whatever on mixing um back at uh-huh. back in the day i don't know if they're still doing it this way but back in you know in the 60s 70s and when they were recording in england um they were recording everything to tape so reverb or delay or whatever yeah wow, effects all were going to tape or or just leaving it dry so they were kind of mm-hmm. almost like mixing as they recorded and it, which makes sense when you had yeah. you know when you come from the limitations of starting on just you know two track to four track you had to be more creative yeah. and you didn't have the options. And of course that we do now with pretty much unlimited tracks and you can do whatever you want with it. So that makes all those recordings even cooler, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's like, uh, I feel like it's not really thought about, but it's such a cool, like novelty. Um, uh, yeah. What do you, what do you think of this one, Marissa? It's good. <clears throat> <laughs> I like the piano in it. I think it is a pretty sound, I guess. Um, it's sad, though. Like, I was looking at the lyrics, and I was like, geez, this is a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at first, when I was listening to it, I thought he was saying Odette, so I thought it was, like, about a girl, and then I realized that it was not saying Odette. Um, but, yeah, overall, I mean, I enjoy it most part it's pretty solid yeah i like the um the harmonies in the chorus i mean just all of their harmonies are obviously crazy but yeah yeah um and then uh i have for the bridge there's like this like ambient Mm -hmm. bridge and i can't tell if it's um like because you yeah. said there's no synthesizer, so I can't tell if it's. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is it like backwards um, guitar? It might be, but he does. I mean, he did a lot of that 
Um, and if you want to hear like really amazing orchestration, listen to, uh, I mean, a lot of the old stuff, but in particular, uh, a day at the races, but it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's like an orchestra of guitars. There probably, there could be some backwards ones that would make sense. And I know he also used, Oh, I can't remember. There was a pedal that he used. Um, it's something that you've heard of and I, and I can't think of the name of it, but, but he used that, but, and, and there were, and it was all guitar. There weren't any synthesizers that they used. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, yeah. I had, <laughs> there's actually a couple songs where I noted synths, but yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't even think about the fact that there was, yeah, they, they didn't use a synth so until uh, the game. That was their first album. They used a synth on. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else on this guy? Nope, not for me. Okay. Um, track five, Spread Your Wings. Spread Your Wings. What do we got um, on this one? You know, I, this, this is the, like kind of one of those songs that at first I wasn't crazy about. And I think just because yeah it's it's one of those songs there's a couple of them i guess on here that when you have an album you either you know there was no you know uh forward to the next song so you had to let it play through and, it, and eventually it kind of grew on me but um yeah mm -hmm. and then i it turns out I, that i really started liking the song and and it's yeah i just i like that it's it's just talking about you know the album being stripped down this song has no backups it's just freddie and um oh yeah yeah i didn't even think about that and uh yeah. and it was actually a song that they they had in their live set for a while that was not on an album and they recorded it because they had been playing it live and and then they recorded it for this album um, mm -hmm. so yeah I, I, it's like I said, wasn't crazy about it at first, but ended up uh, being one of the songs I I like. Uh, just kind of thinking about the 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 guy that's in it, Sammy, and what's going on in his life, and and just um, yeah, you know how they say like he had mm. since he was small, had no luck at all, nothing came easy, and he was just you know, and uh -huh. and him just trying to break out of a place that um to, to to be better than he is and and get away from you know people that are dragging him down is kind of how i saw it yeah yeah i um i noted that like it's it's definitely it's like the probably the corniest song on the album i think uh it's just kind of i like the i like the lyrics but they're just very like cliche corny lyrics um but yeah i mean it's i felt the same or i i was kind of like like i didn't not like it and i wasn't like super stoked about it listening through to through uh, yeah what do you what do you think uh marissa um uh, <clears throat> uh i agree that it's not not um or that I didn't love it the first time around. And I still don't really mm -hmm. love it. Um, it's fine. 
but and I think it's cool that John Deacon wrote it, but I don't really particularly like it that much. Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you know, I had a I had a feeling that was probably going to be the shortest one, actually. <laughs> and I was going to say that too, like that that John Deacon wrote it, and he actually wrote. I think he was underestimated as you know in many ways, but he wrote you know a couple of their biggest songs and and some of their best. He was a really good songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he do? Uh, I'm in love with my car. No, Roger. That was a Roger Taylor was- song. No, uh, John Deacon wrote true. Another One Bites of Dust. And, uh, yeah, oh, and ah, from the yeah, I Love, yeah, I'm yeah. in Love with My Car, same album, uh, You're My Best Friend. Ah, uh, okay. Probably like, uh, yeah, that's like probably my favorite Queen song. But, uh, uh, okay, so moving on to track number six Fight from the Inside. Um, yeah, what I like this song. What do we what about you guys? I also like it. Um I actually did some research on it. Um and Roger Taylor wrote it and pretty much played like everything on it, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Did he play guitar? Yeah. Yeah. Brian did too. <laughs> Brian made it too, but yeah. yeah, I was about to ask like when when uh when he would play guitar or anything, or whenever, and when anyone else would do that, would they play through like Brian's rig? You know, I was or, thinking the same yeah. thing because I like if you listen. Well, I think I mean when when I hear it, I can I can at many points hear the difference. I can hear when it's Brian. I can hear when it's someone else. But yeah, um, yeah that's what I was mm-hmm. wondering. Wondering like, did, did they use his guitar? Did he use a Strat or a Tele or you know what did he plug into? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun stuff that would be like really fun to find out because yeah like the tonal difference is pretty minimal but you have this whole um like idea that brian may's guitar tone is so iconic on the queen out queen on the queen albums so yeah it's just that's interesting i'll have to look into that i hear it mostly on the bass the bass part because it's so loose and so um uh, i mean it's 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 so it's i mean i love it it's loose and kind of a little out of control and especially when uh-huh. you compare it to well to the next song or any of the other stuff where john deacon is just he's he's the bass master I mean, he's precision he's right on you know he's on the beat mm-hmm. he's um really solid and stuff and then in in uh fight from the inside it's just this whole different it really has like almost like a whole different vibe from the rest of the album. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I put that. I like the bass too. Um, yeah, that's. I I don't really have much on this one, honestly. Um, me neither. Yeah, me neither. It's just it's a cool song. I just. Yeah, it's just cool. It's, yeah, I just like that it picks up, um, like compared to the last two. It kind of brought my attention back yeah. in because the last two I was like, Meh. but this one I liked more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Does slow okay. down a little bit there. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, five from the inside. All right. 
Track number seven, Get Down, I Make a Love. I don't like this song. <laughs> you know, as I mean, yeah, get out in the open. It's 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 there a, it's a that song about, about it. lyrically just over the top sex and inappropriate lyrics. Now, when I first heard it, I had no idea what it meant. I give you meat. <laughs> That's the best lyric. <laughs> oh, it, it's so yeah, funny. it is like ridiculous. But and I was just, I, I mean, I. I just didn't get it at the time. I think I was just a little too young. And then of course I ended up understanding it. But, but what I do like about the song, if you can get past the lyrics is I do like musically the way it's put together. And I mean, the drums and the bass, it is a cool song. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think, uh, um, there's a couple specific parts that really stood out to me. Um, but what do you have, Marissa? Um, is there that weird thing again? What's it called again? Slide whistle. Slide whistle. Is that in this again? Mm, I don't think so, but oh. he does. He does do the um, with the effects pedal. I gotta, I gotta look that up. Okay. I want to say electroharmonics, but I may be off on that. Go ahead, Marissa. I just wrote that those noises. It just reminds me of like an 80s space movie or like mm-hmm. you're seeing an alien or something it just sounds like yeah, that kind see of it made me laugh a little that's where i was that's where i was going to bring up the synths like how did they not do that stuff on a synthesizer um or like some sort of analog equipment i mean it, it is analog like equipment i don't know it's a but it's a guitar it's through effects yeah. pedal um uh, okay because I, I have a note here that uh, it sounds exactly like my, my Rainbow Machine guitar pedal. Because I have the it, Earthquaker it might be Rainbow Machine. very similar to that. Yeah, I was listening to it and I was like, oh, like they used a Rainbow Machine. And I was like, there's no way they had a Rainbow Machine in 77 or whenever this was recorded. Like, but it sounds exactly like that. I was like, how did they even do that? Um, electro. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I'm talking was, specifically sorry, about kind I just of looked like it up. The, yeah, it was his. It was an electro harmonics frequency analyzer pedal. Because he would do it live, too. Oh, okay. And how funny. Yeah, because the rainbow machine, it, uh, it, it takes a, a delay signal and a pitch shifting signal and it like feeds them ah, back. At that each makes other. sense. Yeah. And, and it makes those crazy like mm. arpeggiating, uh, like ascending or descending sounds. And then when you shift the pitch knob, it gets obviously either higher yeah. or lower. Um, does he, but yeah, I was, no, I said it also he says what? he used uh, an Eventide harmonizer. Yeah. So oh, okay. still just, yeah. Guitar stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. But yeah, I was I was kind of tripping on that. And then I've noted there is a specific lick where the piano and the guitar harmonize. No, it's and, I I know, but I, I don't know even remember. It's, it's um, it's in the second verse or the end of the second verse, uh-huh. baby. Maybe I'm almost positive. I know what you're which part you're talking about. I wish you play. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a transition from. 
section to section, but I can't remember if it's chorus into verse or vice versa. If it's the one I'm thinking about, it's verse. It's like end of verse into chorus. I think it's like end of the second verse. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, when I heard that, I was just like, oh, geez, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so musically, <laughs> cool song. And then I love I love the Rolo Toms. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and then there's some cool like uh, stuttering bass drum parts. Reminds me of like Bonham, yeah. some John Bonham footwork. Uh, but yeah, that's really that's all I got on this one. Anything else from y'all, Marissa? Uh, no, not really. I just I think it's strong musically. I wrote that. Yeah. Except for yeah. lyrics. Cool. Um, moving on to track number eight, Sleeping on the Sidewalk. Is this one not Freddie? This is Brian. Brian singing. No, it's Brian. Or, this yeah. is my favorite song ah, on the album. Okay. Is it really, Marissa? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, isn't it a great tune? Yes. Yeah, I love the, the blues uh, progression. Tell us what you like about it, Marissa. Mm. Yeah, I just ahead. love this, the style, I guess, of it. Um, uh-huh. And it's pretty groovy and um i also read that it was all or pretty much all one take which i thought was pretty interesting i read that too um did they all play it together mm-hmm. like they did it live mm-hmm. i mean that's how they did oh, most yeah. of the recording i didn't know that yeah makes sense um i don't i just really 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 like this even though it doesn't have freddie on it i don't know why i really really like it it's so good yeah it's a great tune um yeah i liked um it just told a story i remember like being able to picture the guy with his horn and um this blues player just (laughs) kind of doing it for the love of music and then getting a record contract and and making money and then all of a sudden realizing he hates the business and and going back to you know why he got back into it and and being a starving musician, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like this song too. I don't have many notes about it. I just kind of like just overall, like there wasn't anything crazy that stood out to me other than the fact that it was just like really well written and it's just like really really yeah, cool nice fun tune. Yeah, for sure. Um Yeah, and when I was listening to it, yeah, I think interesting freddie i don't are there any other songs where anyone else um takes the lead yeah roger fight from the inside is roger Mm -hmm. and uh all dead all dead is brian oh yeah see i had no idea that's cool most most of their albums Uh, had one song from brian and roger at least one song from brian and roger a uh couple of like this one had two from brian but most of them were they would all they would do one song nice yeah yeah because i remember like when uh watching the movie bohemian rhapsody it kind of showed a lot of like their participation Mm -hmm. yeah uh individually which i thought was you know excuse me a little side note um when i was listening Uh to this and thinking about yeah roger and and stuff one thing they 
they skip over in the movie, and I don't know if you knew this, because and I know they did it for the movie about how Freddie kind of did a solo album and it made everybody mad that he was breaking up the band. But what actually Roger yeah. released a solo album before Freddie. He released a solo album in like 19, oh, yeah. 80, in 81, 82 called uh, Fun Fun in Space. Huh. Kind of it was all really like not queen sounding at all, like more like the alternative maybe a little new wavish, not uh-huh. new wavish that's not good. I mean um I think I, I yeah, check it I out. Check I, that out actually. I remember always thinking that from that album, I would have really kind of liked to have heard him and Bowie collaborate on something. It's kind of like, uh, and I don't want to say it's like a Bowie album because I wouldn't compare anything to him, but but it's in kind of in the spirit of that kind of alternative. It's just not a Queen record, but but anyway, yeah, Roger did did uh, that album a couple years before Freddie's came out. Huh. How interesting. Yeah, I had had no idea. That's cool. Good insight. Um so track number nine, Who Needs You? Um, what do you guys got on this one? This was for me kind of like um at first, kind of like um maybe all dead, all dead where and spread your wings sort of. But more so on this one, where I just the first time I heard it, I couldn't get into it. But I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, maybe I don't know if it was the third time or the tenth time I heard it. Um, I I love the song. I love the Spanish guitar in it that he does, and it's just kind of a fun uh, song that you know doesn't sound like anything else on the record, but but it still goes with the record kind of at the same time. Um, so yeah, kind of kind of lighthearted and and cool and, and musically very cool yeah yeah it almost has like a reggae-esque feel to it um at least the the strumming pattern that's how i, I kind of heard it in the beginning it kind of shifts away from that as it keeps going yeah I, I, yeah i hear I can, I can hear that I'm, i hear a little more of like the spanish kind of latin latin thing with yeah. the maracas and yeah, everything especially once the yeah once the nylon string comes in um with like the yeah. sweeping just those yeah. those sweeps or yeah. is that brian ah so good what do you have marissa uh yeah the first time i heard it it wasn't too special to me but upon listening more times i do really like it um I don't really know why. I just think it's kind of in kind of a different way, I guess. Um, but yeah, I like it. I think it's a good tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this one. I like the um, along with the nylon string. You can hear uh, Brian doing some like uh, softer, like electric guitar yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. Now. He does that kind of little orchestrated thing. It's almost like strings. Yeah, kind of like violins or you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I really like that. It's cool. Um, anything else? Nope. Another John Deacon tune. Okay. Track number. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There it is, <laughs> Mr. John. Um. All right. Track number ten. It's late. This is one, this is my favorite on the album. Um, yeah. 
I think Sheer Heart Attack, uh, Sheer Heart Attack is like my favorite, like, if I hop in the car, I want to drive fast song. Um, but it's late. I think just musically, it's just like, it's brilliant. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. It's, um, uh, I mean, it, to me, it makes, it kind of makes the album. Like if we take this song out, um, you still have a good album, but this song I think just is a, it, I'm probably overstating it in, in a lot of other people's opinions, but I think it's just a, it's a, a masterpiece of a song. Oh yeah. So, uh, and I don't, gosh, I don't know. I like everything about it musically. I like the way it starts slow and picks up and then it goes into double time and, um, and then it slows back yeah, down. Um, just the way it's the dynamics of it. That that mm-hmm. double time part, um, is it just double time, or do they uh, crank the tempo up a bit along with that um, double you know, time? They probably did crank the tempo up a little bit. Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't think they use. Yeah, because uh, so no, yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Because when I because when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, sick, like double time. But then, yeah, and then when it shifted back into the the mm-hmm. halftime verse, I was like, oh, dang, like it almost sounded like. Uh, a little more drastic than just going from from double yeah. to halftime, which was sick. I thought it was cool, especially considering if they were recording uh, any aspect of that live. Like that's pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah. What do you think, Marissa? What do you got on this guy? Um, <clears throat> I don't have a lot of notes on this one, but. But I mean, I really get yeah. But um, say about it. I think it's a great tune. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I enjoy it very much. <laughs> yeah, I I love the riff. It's one of those songs that's like, why yeah. didn't I get yeah, to that? Yeah, that's the, the riff, and that was. I I, re- I do remember the first time hearing that, and just not, I didn't know that it was a uh-huh. guitar riff. I didn't know what to call it, really. But um, but it was just something about it that was so cool. And, and again, just the way the song was structured, and and even though it's a little long, it was still you know well put together, and there wasn't any like boring parts of it. Um, yeah, I put that it's long, but it doesn't no. ever get boring. Like it's it's uh, through and through, just like super entertaining. It's catchy, the harmonies and the chorus, just such. A, it's a good, such a good sing along song. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I feel like it's almost underrated in the in the uh, catalog of sing along songs that Queen has. Like I, I feel like you could almost put this one. Like it's it's not as iconic as Bohemian Rhapsody. But I feel like if like if uh, if Wayne's World hadn't have blown that song up uh, for the modern generation, uh, I don't know. Like I, I I personally like would rather listen to It's Late than Bohemian City. Like like if I'm driving in the car with my friends, I feel like it'd be more fun to sing along yeah. to that. Yeah, that's chorus. I get that. I get that. I mean, and, and you're right. I think it is. Um generally 
guess maybe underrated or not many people. I don't ever hear many people talking about it. I'm sure if, you know many or all the Queen fans know the song or they know of it. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised that um, that I haven't heard. You know, that more people like it or that it's more popular than it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, this one's my favorite, my yeah. personal favorite. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely a standout amongst the rest of the album. I agree. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think of Melancholy Blues, closing the closing track? track? You know, I, I kind of wanted, I like it. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted the album to end at its late. I li- I put that on my notes. I said I wish they were swapped. Like I feel like it's late would have been a much better but way. To end I can it. agree. What, Marissa? What? I said I just said I agree. With, I I agree with that. Yes, and yeah, that's a good. That would be that would be a good thing to do because I it, yeah, that's not that I want the song off the album, but that that one was so hard to listen to for me after it's late because it was the last uh-huh. song on the album, and when I was playing the album, it was easier to just take the needle and go back to the beginning of it's late or the beginning of side one or side two. So that was of all the songs, yeah. like we, like I said, that I kind of didn't dig at first, but they kind of grew on me. This was the most kind of in that because I, I never gave it a chance until, you know, when I would just let the play, the record play all the way through to the end and then thought like, I kind of, yeah. I, I dig this song. It's like, I picture the band in this blues jazz bar and a, you know, some guy sitting at the bar by himself with his yeah. head down because his girl just left him and they're just playing this. It's like a movie. I, I could see it in the movie or hear it slash see it in a movie. Um, but it is a, it is a yeah. cool song. Yeah. Like I agree with what you said about how, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it taken off the album cause it's still a great song. But yeah, I think that um, even if you switched uh, like if you made melancholy blues track nine, and then who needs you 10 and then end with it's late, like kind of switch those last three around. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, I think that would yeah. be nice. Like I feel like sleeping, sleeping on the sidewalk would flow nicely into melancholy blues. Yeah, You're right. That would be good because they're kind of, kind of in the same vibe. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah, it's a cool tune. And, um, uh, and I think once it gets going after that initial, because the beginning is so slow and understated and it's just the piano and the vocal that again, you're, uh, you know, you're so pumped after hearing it's late that you hear that. And, and it takes you a minute to drop back down to the level of, you know, of, of kind of slow and mellow in that song. But, but once the song gets going and the drums and the bass come in, um, I think that kind of catches your ear a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um anything else on this one, the last song? Nope. No. All right. Well, that's it for this one. Um I uh I love this album as a whole. I don't know that it's I wouldn't say it's my favorite Queen album. Um but it's definitely up there. Uh, I think it's definitely the one as a kid that I remember listening to a lot, specifically because the album cover. Was there any like 
did I want to listen to this album as a kid? Um, or even just like We Will Rock You? Like I just like, rock you. Yeah, so I mean, vividly think, remember um, the cover. Yeah, definitely We Will Rock You, and, and I'm sure I played it. And yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but it could be that, but yeah, that you like the cover. And it's weird. I read how like some people think the cover is creepy and, and like scary. And I thought, well, I never got that out of it. I just thought it was cool. And I thought the robot was cool. And I think he felt bad that, that he killed Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, what did I do? But anyway, yeah, greater record. I agree. And and like I said, there's it's hard to choose, but I just had there's a kind of a connection into like my um intro to really lo- you know, loving rock music and and this was I guess the beginning of it and buying albums and kind of listening to all the um AOR format stuff that was on the radio. Uh, back at the time yeah but yeah i mean i could i could do one of these shows on pretty much every album and, and there's i mean i can think of two that <laughs> are probably that i like more like as a full album than yeah. the news of the world but it is still just has a, a special place to me yeah for sure i mean um i mean i have no doubt that will uh bring you back i don't think we could do queen with anyone else really and there's other albums i'd like to talk about personally especially like a night at the opera yeah. and uh day at the races those ones are so good yeah excellent yeah and and um, go back um listen to queen too it's kind of gothic and heavy sounding but but an amazing uh record it doesn't have like as much of the uh-huh. I don't want to say pop songs. There was uh, there was weren't wasn't really any hits on it. But when you when you listen to yeah. it, especially from the first album to the second, and how the band changed and how they were recording, and um, it's it's just a it's a great record from like from beginning to end. So yeah, I, I suggest next time you know you have some time sitting with headphones, listen to Queen too. Um, you'll yeah, like it. I and, have to do that. And my other one I would say is jazz. I love jazz and jazz was another like, yeah. well, I mean, it had a couple of great hit songs, but as an album, a lot of other songs that were great. Yeah. Yeah. I like jazz a lot too. Um, okay. So, uh, we have our rate. Do you know the rating system? I do, but you can refresh my memory. Okay. So we got four ratings. We got the worst being might as well be Nickelback. The uh, okay, which is could use more cowbell. The good, which is uh, tickled my fancy. And then the great, which is may as well be One Direction. So what would you say on the scale where does the news of the world by Queen lie? Um, yeah, I would. I would. I would definitely put that up toward a, a One Direction album. I think even Harry Styles would agree with that. Um, oh, you know, yeah. when you when you look at <laughs> the album as a whole and and everything that it's uh, um, the material and the the musicianship and the songwriting and everything, yeah, I would I would definitely give it the highest rating. Yeah, what do you think, Marissa? It tickles my fancy. 
<laughs> I appreciate Maybe, I, uh, that. I don't know. I'm kind of, yeah. I lean more towards that than needs more Kelbell. But at first, like my first listen, maybe even my second, needs more Kelbell. But I, um, huh. um, I think now it tickles my fancy though. Nice. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the One Direction. Like I, uh, it's one of my favorite by Queen. One of my favorites by Queen, and uh, every time I listen to it, it's just got so many like stank face songs. Just it's pretty killer, killer Queen. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, anything else, guys? Um, what are your guys's favorite and least favorite? Favorite album. Queen album. On this album. Songs. Oh. Favorite and least favorite track. Yeah. Go ahead, Dad. Hmm. Yeah, well, of course, it's late. It would probably be my favorite. And I guess least favorite. favorite being like i could do without it on the album or i just don't like it i guess it's the same thing right um Whatever. yeah i guess the one that like if it came on you would feel the least bad skipping <laughs> I, I mean it, it would probably be get down make love so again, yeah. they're going musically. I agree. I, you know, I can, I, I, lo- I can, zo- you know, I can kind of zone out the lyrics and listen to the music. But yeah, if I had to, if I had to choose one song to pull off the album that wouldn't hurt the album as, as a whole, it'd probably be that one. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. It's late and get down, make love. What about you, Marissa? Um, sleeping on the sidewalk is my favorite. I love that. Um. <laughs> And then I would probably get rid of either <clears throat> get down, make love, or spread your wings. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Anything else? Not for me. I think that's it for me. All right. Well, uh, this has been Flipping Records podcast. We reviewed News of the World by Queen. If you haven't listened to it. Um, we all three recommend you check it out, uh, amongst other Queen albums. Um, if you haven't listened to Queen at all, other than Bohemian Rhapsody, you're missing for sure. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Flipping Records Podcast. You can find us on the internet uh, at FlippingRecordsPodcast.com. Um, we should be on Spotify soon. I don't really know how long that takes, but for now. If you're listening on Anchor, we're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so um, this has been Flipping Records Podcast. We'll catch you on the B side. No, what? it's we'll catch you on side B. You do it then. <laughs> okay. This has been Flipping Records Podcast, and we will catch you on side B. Yeah.